Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out show. Now, you can find us on Voice America, Speak Up Talk Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. I want to thank all my sponsors on the front end of the show here. So, brand me an entrepreneurial online program that connects you to brand success. Um, easy to do, easy to get through, and a great program if you're, if you're really struggling with how to be able to get your brand um, out into more customers' hands. And of course, Chella, how to brow in three easy steps. Hello, beautiful, you can find them at chella.com. And then Glutadose, and this is going uh, to be a nutritional supplement to be able to support your immune system, and you can go to Glutadose dot com slash beauty to be able to find out more about that. Now, we've been in the month of April, which has been all about inspiration. And April is always my favorite month. I love, I love what happens with the seasons. I love the smell in the air. I love the warmth that the sun is providing in the month of April. Um, and everything about it is inspirational to me. It's like we're coming back to life, just like the plants and the trees and the flowers and all of that stuff. So being Inspiration Month, we've really had a fun time being able to talk with our previous guests for the month. So um, we had a, a psychologist and leadership um, author, The Soulful Leader. So if you didn't download that book, you'll want to immediately. And then we talked with Gary Howell, and he was a life coach. And he really talked with us about the power of positivity um, and how it can affect us adversely when we're not thinking positive or we stay in that negative state too long. And last week we talked to um, our astrologist, which was really interesting because I think a lot of people think that it's just kooky, but um, you know, may, you may be a skeptic and, and so was, so was our guest. Um, but he really, he really sold me on some of the opportunities of how uh, astrology can inspire us. But I'm most excited about today's guest, and that is Dr. Gary Salyer. And he wrote a book, Safe to Love Again. So our inspirational message today for our show is all about love. So welcome, Gary. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on the show. It's oh, absolutely. I was glad that we were able to make this work. And I was certainly glad that you were going to be closing out our month of inspiration. Um, because I really feel like the most inspiring thing that any one person can have in their life is to be loved and to love another. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when people don't feel love, they get the opposite of inspiration. They get depression or yeah. they feel really disconnected. And that's not very inspiring either. No, it's, it's not at all. So I'm excited to be able to hear more about the book that you have released um, and a little bit about your background, because it's, it's always interesting to see when people write about love, I, I bet there's a good story behind it. There is a good story behind it, Bonnie. Uh, this actually started a few years ago when I was seven. Uh, and I just, I looked out at this family, very dysfunctional family with a lot of divorces, alcoholism. And I, I didn't understand why nobody could be happy, why they had such a hard time loving each other. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and from seven on, I remember saying, I, I'm not going to wind up this way, you know. I'm, I'm going to be happy, and, and I don't want a divorce. I can still remember my mother 
looking at soap operas my senior in high school and I made some wisecrack about them. She goes, you'll find out this is exactly the way life is. And I looked at my mother at 17 and said, then shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, because there's so much drama and, you know, t tips and turns and everything in soap operas. We don't want our life to look like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. So when I went to college, I, I, I deliberately picked two majors that I thought would make sure I don't repeat that, psychology and religion. And my senior year, uh, a professor calls me and says, we want you to take this personality test. And then I come in a couple of days later and he scores and he tells me this, that, and I find out I have a personality. And just as I'm leaving, Bonnie, he says, oh, by the way, you have a 90% chance of having a divorce. Oh, no. And it was like grenades went off in that room. And two hours later, this so shook me up that I delayed graduation and went a fifth year of college to get another degree in marriage and family to make sure that prediction didn't, didn't happen. 12 years later, imagine my disappointment and shock when my, when my first wife says, I want a divorce. Mm -hmm. I, I, I had done everything. I'd studied and I had three degrees in this stuff, right? And so, man, after that divorce, I said, this is not happening a second time. Oh, no, 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 no. So I did seven years of therapy this time. You know, I did every workshop I could, read books, John Bradshaw, <laughs> Stuff, Melody Beatty, you name it, man. Asked myself, good to go. And four years later, after my second marriage, divorce is knocking on my door a second time. And so I do more therapy, <laughs> right? And what I began to notice is my patterning mm -hmm. had not changed. While therapy had done me a lot of good, um, and, but it was, had me managing my pain rather than my core style of picking, maintaining, and keeping relationships. And that was when I said, if they can't crack the code, I will, because nobody should work this hard with this bad of results from a community of health experts. Yeah, and I decided that that's when the book, you know, so about 12 years ago, I said, I'm going to find out what really rewires our brains so that we can pick, create and keep lasting love. Um, and that's what the book came out of all of that. Oh, I love that. So this degree that you have being a, a doctor is kind of tied into being a master transformational relationship coach. But what are you actually a doctor in? I basically was a graduate professor for years in the humanities, okay. you know, so it gave me a long, so I had this really cool way of looking at the humanities and what makes us most human. And it really is what I'm doing now. It's attachment, right? I kind of went back. To, I always told people that psychology was always my intellectual mistress, <laughs> you know, and, uh, this is really what I was meant to do. Uh, I love what I'm doing. I love getting in the trenches with singles and couples and helping them find out how to find that soulmate. Or if they're married, how to get past that habitual, painful pattern or that argument or that distancing move so they can have the love they want. There's just nothing better. And then to be able to write a book that actually is groundbreaking and Psych Central is going to come out in a few weeks and say, can change the way therapists do therapy. Uh, this is what I came to do in life, to, to. Oh, that's awesome. 
I want to so help our it does, it does kind of go to show that we can be yeah. highly intelligent, knowledgeable in particular subjects and still not be immune from, you know, what can happen with these incidents in our life and these circumstances. Oh, absolutely. I, I now know why all that stuff didn't work. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, back there, you know, I had a borderline mother. And what was and so being in my emotions was not the best move because she could crush you if you had any emotions. Mm. But being in my head, oh yeah, that was the sweet spot. That was the safe spot. And being more separate because who wants to belong to an alcoholic family where craziness is firing off? Yeah. So my so I was always in my head, and I was always there was always some part keeping distance. No wonder my first wife felt lonely. No wonder I tried to fix it by being more intellectual. <laughs> Another degree. Rather and, yeah. My feelings, right? And that doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah. But we, we develop these patterns at such an early age. I don't think that when we get into early to mid adulthood, I don't think we even see them as patterns. They're very subconscious, aren't they? Oh, they are. They're like old shoe leather, you know, like an old shoe that no, it's so familiar, you don't even know it's on your feet. You know, it is. But we do know the pain that comes from. We may not see the pattern. Yes. Or maybe we do. And uh, some know it and they just can't stop it. But we all know the pain because something feels off in our heart. We mm -hmm. get that nagging feeling that I'm broken or I'm not worthy of love or just the I don't trust being in a relationship and this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. you know, we know the pain. We feel the pain. Do you think that most people getting married for the first time, because, you know, we do, we're, we're in a society where we've been married once and divorced and potentially married twice and divorced, um, you know, and we probably do go into those secondary relationships with the same patterns. But do you think that there is really love to begin with? Or do you think that we kind of pacify ourselves or settle or, Say, if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen, or I need to have kids. Do you think that those are the, some conversations that come up as well? I think for some people. Yeah. But I, I know that if you're an attachment expert, you know your brain comes out of the womb wired for love, deep mm -hmm. attachment. Uh, we didn't come out thinking that love is an option. <laughs> we didn't come out thinking that love is something that we need to be afraid of. Uh, we came out wired for deep connection, for bodily comfort, to be to have to actually have eye contact with moms and to be able to smile. Those are all hardwired into the system. Yeah. So yeah. we came out expecting love, and we learned something else. If we think that love is not uh, what we're here for. Yeah, that that makes relationships all the more difficult. <clears throat> but I know that you know you're you're an expert in this, and you speak to national audiences, and you're you know you've been on TV and other radio shows as well. And you know you say that your purpose is to be able to create a generation um, to change a generation's fate on love. How do you see that happening? I know the book is going to be part of this conversation. How do you see that happening? Well, you know what I've what the new thing I noticed is that our uh, that's in the book is our brains are looking for four core feelings to know when it's loved. And that's not what we're taught. We are being taught as a society, let's go online, let's have, let's make a long, long list of characteristics we want. 
uh, tall, dark, handsome, you know, certain income bracket. Red Dostoevsky does Pilates and even into yoga. You know, <laughs> all these long lists, and we know from research that these lists don't predict. The compatibility does not predict lasting relationships. What predicts lasting is whether we feel loved, and we're a generation without a GPS for love. If what we, we feel loved. There's yeah. the key words, if we feel loved. But we yeah. have to, don't we have to love ourselves first in order to feel that love from another too? We or do. sabotaging it. But what does it mean to love? That's my question. I hardly ever tell one of my clients to love yourself. <coughs> the key is to have a brain, <coughs> sorry, that feels welcomed with joy and worthy and nourished to have its needs met, cherished and protected and empowered with choice. When you feel a right to be welcomed, a right to be worthy, a right to be cherished, and a right to be empowered, your brain has better rights and you automatically love yourself. You stop picking people in relationships that make you feel unwelcomed or unworthy. And then you don't get the messages that make you doubt yourself. We are a generation that's got an epidemic of worthlessness. I'm not enough. It's so true. It's so true. Yes. Yeah. I think the most important of those feelings is worthy. Because most of us get the message, we go on a date and somebody ghosts us. Or somebody stands us up. Or, you know, somebody, or we have a, a relationship that falls apart. We get enough of those things going on. And then we have, well, is something broken? Am I not enough? When in fact, we are all enough. We yeah, have- we do. We, we ask the question, what's wrong with me? I mean, I can, I can recall hundreds of times sitting around or being on the phone with my girlfriends and going, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And, and this is the funny thing that I know that I talk about in the book is nobody's wrong. Mm-hmm. Whatever pattern, say we have a pattern of saying, I don't feel, I, it's better to be separate and not to be in a relationship. Okay, to not be a part of that. I guarantee you at some time, the brain at an earlier age, usually as a kid, took the best deal available. Mm-hmm. And at one time it was the best deal, but not anymore. So some part of your brain is working perfectly fine. It's working its, its little butt off keeping you on the planet, except the security memo should have been expired 40 years ago and no one gave it back. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, you know, my mind was still the little five-year-old girl that got sexually assaulted at 40. Yes. You know, and so trust was, you know, worthiness was attached to trust. I mean, how could I love somebody if I couldn't trust them? Yes, exactly. Uh, And even on that, I remember I had a client who had been sexually assaulted at four. And what came up in the relationship, we were talking about uh, this, she had a partner that was not doing anything sexual, but was way more dominant. And he says, I have to allow, and she kept saying, I have to allow it, I have to allow it, I have to allow it. And when we track that feeling back, it's a four-year-old saying, I have to allow it. And at that point in time, when you're four, that's, that's, it's a, it's a lousy option, but it's yeah. the best one available. And now her brain takes that and is still running it. It was getting her safe with, I don't have to allow. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there there's a point where whatever patterns we've been familiar with stop working. So whatever was that, that drive or that how I succeeded in life, like seriously, one day it stopped working. And, 
And I know that in my journey to really look at, because like you, I got, you know, had two divorces under my belt and I was like, okay, I really, I, I, I am the culprit here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the person that is mm-hmm. having the issues here if, if this is the path I'm going down and I didn't want that to happen again. And I think I was always a believer in love mm-hmm. um, and I always believed that the right person would show up and, um, and I, I mean, I really innately believe that. So it just took time to be able to make all that happen and, you know, I could just say I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, and, we, you know, a lot of times we're looking for the right partner without being the right partner. The right partner. Yeah, there you go. It's, you know, I have to be able to give these feelings of, do I really welcome her with joy? You know, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, empowered with choice. If we are feeling, what I say in the book is, you know, secure love, lasting love, gives no BS and takes no BS. Mm-hmm only these four feelings and you take that's the case then you're in you're in a relationship where you're feeling really welcome good morning gorgeous or see you at a hard day or welcomed i'm you know someone's really taking taking track of all that you need and cherish they they know your dreams and they're there to support you and to and to protect you and then you're empowered with choice and you have a voice you're feeling pretty loved you're feeling pretty good about that. That's yeah. the GPS. Uh, I had one client that started off saying, uh, oh, I met somebody on I'm, I jackpot. I hit the jackpot online. I said, well, tell me about the jackpot. Oh, he's a doctor. <laughs> you know, now it turns out not being a very good relationship, kind of a narcissist. After you know, five or six sessions, we have these feelings running instead. She mm-hmm. has another jackpot. This guy, this guy's a lawyer, and another guy that is, you know, the the wine t-shirt, a little balding, but makes her feel great. Mm-hmm. And she realizes the lottery of love was with the, the guy that makes her feel great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it may not it may not be what you expect or you know what you placed in your vision board. Um, yes. That- that might show up, but there is, I, I think it's true. And I don't know, tell me you're cause you're the, you're the master transformational relationship coach here. I think we really do have to work on ourselves, you know, to be able to get to that place where we completely feel worthy and trust. And I mean, listen, that's, there's days I don't feel worthy. There's days I do feel worthy. So, I mean, it's still a hit and a miss. I think just being human but I really did have to go through my own transformation of investing in me to believe that love was going to be available to me. Oh, I agree. It takes some deep work to swap out these. Just knowing the four feelings, it's a roadmap. But it, you need someone to help go in and do the deep work yeah. so that you can go back and release that past pain so that you, you know, feel welcomed. Um, Welcome was not a, a, a feeling I gave very well, nor did I receive it. Mm. Well, and it's such a simple word. It is. You but know, it's a but powerful it, word when you say it like that. It is. All of us, you think about it. How many times have you felt loved is somebody is going, um, oh, 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 Bonnie. Oh, oh, was that you? Oh, no. Oh, let me get back to you on that, Bonnie. And they're looking at this. <laughs> yeah. That's not welcome with joy. And we're doing this all the time to each other. So, and, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's out of control. I'm, I get our generation of, you know, we've been through some trial and errors and we're starting over again and, um, you know, looking at love from a different perspective. But I'm, I'm highly concerned about the younger generation and being able to make those welcoming connections um, <clears throat> to have prosperous relationships. How do you feel about the younger generation right now? I think we're all learning lessons. It's not just older. I mean, I'm seeing anybody that owns a cell phone is making this cardinal mistake or games. And I've actually beginning to see some of the millennial generation making videos like put the phone down. Mm. Now it is true that, and what we know is that with the very younger, the generation Z, if they are using uh, social media to go out and actually meet, be hang out, be with somebody, it does not affect them that much. But it's the ones that are home on a Friday night, social media to death, and they do not have a real connection. They're the ones that are suspect to much higher rates of depression and suicide. The brain knows the difference between this and a real bond. And real connection. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I totally get that. So um, you do one-on-one uh, opportunities with clients? Yes, I do. Group coaching. What are some of the what are some of the opportunities you have to be able to support people in this healing process so that they can have love? Right at the moment, I'm not doing group. Uh, I'm going to go back. I think to doing more events than that. Right now, it's one on one. I work one on one with singles and couples, and we go in and do the deep work. There's a you know you can sign up for a ninety seven dollar love map session. It's on my site, and then we I listen and we find out you know. What's appropriate? What what missing rights you've got? <laughs> what yeah. missing feelings and how your brain is wired and what you can do about it. But essentially, right at the moment, I work with people. I go deep and I reset their brain so they know they have a right to feel welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered. And then they stop picking that Mr. Wrong or Ms. Wrong. Mr. Wrong is always the one that makes you feel the same way you usually felt as a kid or in a past relationship, unworthy or disempowered. Yeah. better rights, you stop picking that guy. You said something really powerful earlier um, in regards to kind of therapy and then the type of work that you do under transformational coaching. Can you define that again for us? A transformational coaching? Okay. Yeah, and how that differs from therapy. Therapy is by nature and method and presupposition more pathologizing. <clears throat> you know, uh, what's wrong with the system? Uh, I work with a, a, an NLP model, Neuro Linguistic Program. I've studied with a lot of therapists, John, the Gottmans and Terry, mm-hmm. and there's stuff you can use from them that's not. But I essentially am adding resources. I work with normal middle class craziness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they truly are borderline, I pass them on to my clinical psychologist friends. Uh, but this is about going and adding resources. It's about adding the feeling of worthy at just the right time, going back and allowing the brain to feel safe with the feeling that was off the menu, so to speak, early on. It's about sometimes even getting them in touch with their higher self so that we download some resources from the future. It's all about realizing that what, uh, there's no unresourceful people, just unresourceful states. Mm, good. Good point. I like I'm that. unworthy, but Oprah is. Well, the people have the feeling of Oprah, I mean, of worthy. It's labeled as somebody else. It's bringing the label home. (laughs) That's the key. Yeah. 
Yes. That's that that is a really powerful point. And I and I and I see the opportunity to assist people in that conversation because, you know, the the type of clients that I coach, which kind of falls into more of a business realm, mm-hmm. it's not ever just about their business. It's always about them in their business and them in their life and them with their team and them with their family. So it becomes very personal, even though it's called business or coaching. But, um, the, you know, the, the idea behind that is I, what I see happen notoriously is they don't take successes, even the smallest success, and acknowledge it for a second. They'll always kind of have a comeback with, well, this happened, but, you know, after that, then this happened. And it kind of, and I think it's, we get caught up in that pattern, too, where we don't acknowledge our own little moments of success or worthiness or welcomeness like you're using. I talk about this in the book, in chapter three. It's called Love is the Opera System, that whatever we learned in, in love, the rules, the templates, the permission slips, we, the brain likes economy, and it will swap out those templates for business, health. Mm. Whenever you see somebody that is on stage and they walk off as soon as the, the raves and the, the applause comes, I guarantee you this is a person that had, didn't have a full right to love and be loved. They can't handle raving fans because they don't have the original template. It's okay to feel loved. Every one of these feelings and what I call rights in the book work out in business. If someone doesn't feel worthy and they don't have a right to have their needs met, every woman that's ever been an entrepreneur that's come to me and they worked on that missing right relationships, they were also not charging their value or they were giving freebies all. Why? Because they didn't have a right to take in. Just give, give, give. And that worked out. If they didn't have a right to be, to what I call it, to, uh, to, to be supported, a right to separate and belong, they would charge money, but they would have lousy VAs that would flake and take off in the middle of a big project. Yeah. Boyfriends do. That is a really good point. So hold it right there because I love, I love that we're going to go into the book, but we are going to take a really quick break here. So the, the name of the book that um, Dr. Gary Seiler has wrote is Safe to Love Again, and we're going to dive into that in our second half here. But first, I do need to share a message with you guys. If you're anything like me, you're busy, you travel a lot, you do more than one thing, you still have family and other personal commitments on top of all of that. It's hard to stay healthy. It's hard to kind of keep that immune system intact and, and, uh, and keep yourself healthy, especially with the busy lives that we have and, and for me, being on the road. And I found this product. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a glutathione product, and it's an antioxidant that um, is naturally produced in our cells. But, of course, as we get older, like everything, it, uh, it loses its power and doesn't have as much impact. So I found this product called Glutadose, and Glutadose is – it's a liquid form of nutrient to help my immune system and boost it. And I found that each and every time that I'm taking it, I feel more energized. I'm sleeping better. I'm noticing beautiful uh, skin opportunities here where I just feel a little bit more youthful. And it's been working really well for me. And I think you probably might like it too. And if you do, you can go to www.glutadose.com slash beauty and find out a little bit more about it. I think you're going to like it too. All right, stay with us, everybody. We're taking a real quick audio break and we'll be right back.
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beauty Inside and Out. Appreciate you staying with us as we went on a break. And looks like we changed clothes here. We got restarted the break. I know, man. I got my hair done, too. I know. <laughs> actually, I'm going to buy my shadow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, everybody, we did have some mic issues, and so we're. Uh, this is a part two of the show that we had to redo here, so we appreciate you joining us, and we just wanted to put that out there in case you were like, what happened? It, it, everything looks different. So my guest today is uh, Dr. Gary uh, Salyer, and he is the author of Safe to Love Again. And in our first segment, we talked about some of the reasons why we're, we struggle as human beings to be able to find love. And I, Gary, I loved what you said when you used the word welcoming. Like, it, I can't tell you how much that has, is resonating with me, to feel welcomed and to welcome another. It's such, a, it's such a generous word in that capacity, and so I really appreciated you sharing that. Now, Gary is a master transformational coach with a focus on helping people find love or maybe to renew an existing love relationship that um, needs a little help. And so, Gary, before we talk about your book, Safe to Love Again, I want to ask you a question because I get guests from all over the world that listen to this radio show how do you work with clients um, in what capacity and how, because I want to make sure that they have access to you. Okay. Well, the deep work that's underneath all the cool insights in the book, I do one-on-one and uh, yes, I you know I have a home office where some people local come, but uh, obviously people that are in Europe or in the East coast or in Australia aren't coming by every week or every other week is what they were. So I work a lot on Zoom. 80% of my clients are actually not in the Bay Area. So it's easy. Uh, you can reach out on me on the website. Um, we set up a little introductory call. And then if it's appropriate to work together, we can do it on Zoom. Oh, and perfect. It's yeah, no singles way. and couples. 
Yeah. So singles and couples to be mm -hmm. able to do this on Zoom. And you're in the Northern California region. So people might be close enough to you that they can follow up with you there. And we'll, we'll let everybody know how to be able to reach you as we close out this segment as well. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the book. So when we talk about feeling welcomed and not feeling welcome and finding love if we're single, what, what are some strategies that you share in your book that might be able to help people to connect with themselves a little bit better so that they can connect with another? Okay. Are we talking, you want to know just about the feeling of welcome with joy or just connecting to self? You give, you give me, you're the expert here. You okay. give me what it's going to take for people to find love because I, I believe we all deserve to have love. Okay. Let's talk about connecting with self. You know, you hear a lot about uh, people who say, you know, you should love yourself. And I almost never tell my clients to love themselves because if they don't have those feelings within themselves, how can they give it? It's, it's, you know, it's not really. What you want to do is restore the feelings that tell you you're lovable and loving. Mm -hmm. Those feelings that you must feel in the core of your, you know, your body and your mind and soul is that I am welcomed with joy and I deserve to be welcomed. I am worthy and nourished to, to reach out and I am worthy to be worthy. <laughs> you know, and I'm enough to be worthy. I am cherished and protected, and I deserve to be cherished, and I deserve to be protected. And I am empowered with choice, and I deserve to be so. So that's really what the, the main thing is, is re to connect with yourself, you really want to connect with these four feelings that are your birthright, welcomed, worthy, cherished, protected. And if you feel them, you give them. And if you feel them, you're going to feel pretty lovable, and then you're going to naturally love yourself. But if you have a feeling of unworthy, try to, you know, you won't naturally feel loving because you'll feel unworthy of it. So it's about the four feelings, then loving yourself. Mm, I love that. So welcome, worthy, cherished, and protected. And, you know, how often do we use the word cherished? Exactly. That That is not in a lot of people's vocabulary of, I felt so cherished. But imagine... Imagine that, the, you know, that the emotion that comes out of somebody and using that word, I feel cherished. Like exactly. there's depth to it. There is depth. And, I, and mo uh, women resonate immediately. Now, if you're a man watching this, I'll bet you the word appreciate or respected will mm -hmm. feel in the same thing. Most men will probably resonate there. But for women, and I, I invite all men to take this in because we want to be cherished too. We just... Somebody says we can't have that feeling, but yes, we can. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I think it's. Uh, you're right. Maybe they they aren't necessarily asking to be cherished, but I think they appreciate being cherished. Yeah, when a woman, women will say, "We we want a woman to have our back." If that's not cherished, I don't know what is. Because uh, a woman who cherishes you will have your back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's when, that's how a man, it comes in, you feel cherished. So, man, my woman's got my back. Oh, you know, and now I'm going to have hers. That's how it works. And that's the, and for most women in couples, the, the missing feeling, just if you're any man out there, is they don't, women don't feel cherished in relationships. They may feel taken, taken for granted or um, a host or maybe forgotten or in, not included. Or, you know, just mostly taken for granted. You really want 
to have a happy wife, help her feel cherished and empowered. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to use the word foreplay, but just in general, you know, there's, there needs to be more of that foreplay, that just that connection, that respect, that, you know, being cherished and welcomed and stuff like that. And um, we, we sense it. We sense it when it's not available. But we also, here's one of the things that I've learned in being able to be in a healthy relationship. When my partner is very focused on things and I'm not getting the attention, I can very easily go down that rabbit hole and be like, what's going on? Why isn't he giving me attention? What did I do? Or he doesn't love me anymore. I mean, that's a, that, that's that rabbit hole. That's easy to go down, but I have to kind of put it into perspective of why is this feeling coming up for me? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on in his life? Why aren't we connecting? And I think that's what you said from the very beginning of the show that it's not about you and me. It's about we. It is. It is yeah. about the we. Uh, in, any, in any couple, show me a couple without a we and I'll show you a war. <laughs> ah. Yeah, and when those feelings come up like that, uh, usually it's because there was an old wound that this thing taps into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and suddenly the wound starts talking. Mm-hmm. See, I told you you weren't cherishable. I yeah. told you, you know. And we all want to have those feelings. And it's okay. And it's, men do get busy sometimes, but we also have to, I just, you talked about foreplay for a minute. So here's a nice little statistic. When men uh, will kiss their wives for six seconds in the morning and they cuddle and they do, and they will like maybe text and say, thinking of you, darling, and they do non-erotic touch and really good kisses, and they and they do some listening, and they have this non seventy five you know non erotic uh, connection. Uh, that means when you're kissing, you don't go for any of the paraphernalia. <laughs> Just to put it that way, right? Seventy five percent of the time that a man initiates sex, he's going to be a happy camper. Now, if that man is not cherishing and not welcoming, working on the marital friendship, if he's not holding that kiss for six seconds in the morning and doesn't cuddle non-erotically, that figure drops to 6%. Oh, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. That in itself, is, is, that, what's, is that some content that's in your book? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, that's really good. That's a good juicy tip you just gave us. That, yes. that certainly should entice people to buy your book and read it and apply it. So, so the best way of doing foreplay is to build the marital friendship with lots of non-erotic cuddling. If you do that, she feels cherished for who she is and not what she can give. That's not cherished. Mm, yeah. That's, cher- that's many other things, but it's not cherished. Not for, yeah, because cherish has to do with there was an ex- uh, 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 one time some researchers wanted to study uh, this whole thing with cherish, uh, and they saw what is about the essence uh, that we cherish. And what we found out is they put children in a little experiment, and they had them bring their favorite attachment objects. You know, how children will just love and cherish that little blanket or mm-hmm. that toy or that toy or that doll. And what they found out was when children are highly attached to that doll, 
they had a little, uh, look like a little machine that could replicate it. Actually, inside was your friendly neighborhood uh, scientist <laughs> or graduate assistant. And they would just swap it around and pull the child. Um, if the child really loved that, they would not let it re re be replicated. Mm. However, if the child uh, was marginally attached to it, but not real attached, didn't really cherish it, they say, oh, yeah, replicate that. So what we know is that underneath the, the, the idea of love and cherishing is there is something about the essence of that toy that could not be reduplicated, so precious. And when we really cherish somebody, there is something about their essence that it, doesn't, it cannot be found elsewhere, that cannot be reduplicated, and we love that essence that is uniquely them. Mm, that's so good, yeah. Yeah, and children can teach us that lesson. <laughs> and yeah. we can do that. Yes, it's the I, I was definitely a blanket baby, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hung on to that tight. Now, is there a particular age group that you seem to be working with the most? Or, you know, what's your youngest client to your oldest client? Because I, I feel like, you know, love is the thing. And, and I know younger people may be struggling, but... I don't think it's not available for older people, too. No. Okay, so Facebook and my business coach and everybody else tells me that my target art is professional women 35 to 55. And, of course, men would fit in there, but that's the target audience. Mm -hmm. I have worked with a 17-year-old and some various 19-year-olds. I've been given the honor when sometimes when women have worked with me, they've let me have their children to help them, and that's a huge honor when a mom does that. Please help my son or my daughter. The oldest that I've worked with is, I was 76, it is now 79. Oh, wonderful, I love that. And they're working on their marriage. And so, um, in you know, and the funny thing is, is, you know, love is, is I've had women 30 tell me, I'm 35, I'm too old to find somebody. And the same as somebody 75. And the fact of the matter is I've watched, we've worked together and I've watched 75-year-olds when they have a full right to love and be loved, find somebody. And I have found 35-year-olds, you know. 25-year-olds, uh, I'm usually setting them up for a little down the road. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. I'm not trying to get them hooked right away. Although I did work with one young couple about a year ago, 25-year-olds. They're just wondering, well, we've been together five years, but things have changed. What if we should break up. And when we got them to truly start creating a we, next thing you know, he pops out a ring about, about four months later. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. It is hard. I mean, when, yeah. if you get married at a young age, there's so much growing up that you're doing in your 20s and even into your mid-30s that it can seem like, you know, you're not the same person at all. No. The funny thing was, is that this young couple, she said, you know, it's worked for five years, but, and it used to be so wonderful when we were in college, we come home at 11 and then we, you know, we'd make out and, and it, that all seemed good. She goes, but for some reason, this just isn't working. I said, well, you're 25. Some part of you wants more. She goes, you're right. And then we found out what the more was, was she wanted a wee. She goes, oh, he'll never come along. We work on her. She starts you know, doing things to seek more intimacy. And she calls, and we go on about the fifth session, she goes, you were right, he did come along. He wants to join us next time. 
<laughs> oh, good. And she goes, I thought he would never. I said, you know, give him a, you know, he's with a good woman. You know, give him, you know, he, he's probably never knew he had that right either. And you're inviting him into the party. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that was exactly what he, she started, we gave her right to ask for more cherished, worthy, empowered. And then he goes, well, I want that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, who doesn't? And I want that with her, you know, and then it invited him. And that's that's one of the cool things about the work is when you see couples figuring out, yes, this thing that looked like a problem is actually just a potential in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. What advice can you give um, couples that are now with children and they the children certainly dominate, you know, the relationship? Well, okay, children. We know that 67% of couples that have children have an enormous drop in marital satisfaction. Mm. I I had a doctor and his wife about a few years ago call me. They had a three and a five-year-old. And they said, look, we used to be a 10, nine, 10. And we're down to about five out of 10. We love each other, but we're, we're afraid of where the trend is going. Can you help us get our mojo back? And what it really, and what it really came down to is uh, with more emotional wattage coming out of her with these two children, she needed more emotional connection with him. So the, the old supply of so many grunts a day, <laughs> you know, work that. So I had to give him a right to be fully connected to his emotions. Mm-hmm. And the first day that I said, no, I just want you to go share two emotions with her. And she calls me the next day and she goes, okay, what planet do you come from? Because you, you're an alien and you've abducted my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that men are from Mars, women are from Venus? <laughs> well, he just didn't have a right. All the men in his right didn't have a right. They, they came from a culture that uh, men were stable, no divorce in his family, but you're not emotionally connected. And he also had to learn that she had more need for fun. And just helping them to see that they needed to truly be able to connect to each other's heart because they both had more wattage. Yeah. Uh, you know, what she said at the end was, she goes, thank you, because now we know when we're 85, we'll be together. Mm. And another cool thing that was aside, they t- so once they learn these four feelings, suddenly things go up. They're giving all the feelings. So now they're five becomes 10 because they're giving all these feelings, all the feelings of love. So they taught their ki- their three and their five-year-old these four feelings, welcome, mm-hmm. cherished, and protected, I mean, and empowered. So the day comes when the three-year-old grabs a truck and whacks the five-year-old across the head with a truck. And the five-year-old turns to the three-year-old and says, I don't feel very cherished and protected. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are are good words to teach teach youngsters for sure. Because, you know, like like we said, the the lack of acknowledgement in our cultural society today is disheartening. It's really disheartening. Um, So, Dr. Gary, there's a lot of people, and I was one of them during my 40s, because I was single for like 15 years, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, raising my son, working hard, doing all that I needed to do. But there's a lot of people that are on online dating sites. Yes. And, you know, 
I, I have a very mixed bag of feelings about the whole process because I just kind of always summed it up that nobody's being real. I just felt like we were all showing up with a suit of armor on protecting ourselves from, you know, what we had and what didn't work in the last one. What's some advice you can give to people that maybe are trying online dating? Okay. This is a good question. I think online dating is the perfect way to make people feel unworthy. There's an <laughs> epidemic of unworthy. I get it. You know, and, and you're thinking, how many check marks do I have to get women? Let me see. I need to do Pilates. I need to do yoga. Uh, have I read Dostoevsky? You know, I need to be six foot four. Oh, no, they don't allow platform shoes anymore. You know, and, and there's all these, all these things, you know. And the fact of the matter is, is we use compatibility. Uh, the, the, the search, the, 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 the algorithms use compatibility as a means of predicting that a couple can make it. And yes, a little compatibility is needed, but they've done research. And what they found out is compatibility is no predictor for a relation being lasting. In fact, because uh -huh. the ones that are lasting accent the quality of the marital friendship, okay, or the, or the, the, the friendship between them. And these are the four feelings. It's the disasters, the ones that break up that say, well, we weren't compatible. They're using compatibility as the reason for breaking up because they're not tracking the quality of the relationship. Mm. So, so that's, that's really good stuff because yeah. all the algorithms are based on compatibility, but compatibility is not necessarily going to provide or, or, or allow for the welcome, worthy, cherished, and protected. Some, say you say you say I want a guy that's you know six foot and he he makes you know six figures and he needs to be in shape and he needs to you know to have to do Pilates and he also needs to hike and love children all this. What if so the guy comes in and he doesn't do a great job welcoming me with joy or making you feel worthy. The, it's the feelings, these feelings tell us we're loved or not. And so often we use compatibility, like one client said to me, you know, early on in a relationship, I hit the jackpot. And I'm always, okay, what's the jackpot? You guessed it. It was an attorney or, or a doctor, right? Jackpot. And the guy treated her like crap. <laughs> so, the so, next, so all the things were checked off of her list. Exactly. for love and cherished and welcomed. <laughs> I go way deep into this, into chapter two. <laughs> I do. Now, the next time there's a, she gets it, and guess what? She's got two. This time it's another attorney or doctor. Yeah. Uh, and a guy that shows up in on a wine shirt, a little pudgy, you know, not as much hair, and doesn't make as much money, but he makes her feel, feel. wonderful. Yeah. And she said, I'm going with the guy. And now she's happy. Mm. she feels like a million bucks and feeling like a million bucks to a man's heart is better than having a man that makes a million, bu a million bucks. Oh, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. That is, that is such good stuff. You've been so amazing and thank you so much for sharing all of these tidbits, but I want people to buy this book because I want people to engage with you and, um, you know, possibly coach with you too. If, if they, if they feel that that's the next step they need to be in, Tell us how we can find you and your book. Okay, you find me at GarySalyer.com. 
G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. You can, you, you, there's a thing, work with singles or couples, there's a place to contact me there, and then I'll get in back in touch with you. There's also a place there to order the book, or you just go straight on to Amazon, uh, Safe to Love Again. It's got a beautiful cover of a sunrise and a, and a red heart coming above the clouds of turmoil. Mm, nice. Uh, so my website, GarySire.com, or you can find the book straight out on uh, Perfect. So that's how they can reach you, be able to set up a session or yeah. get that um, opportunity. And then, of course, buy the book, too. All right, you guys, I'm a firm believer we all need to be loved. And if you're struggling with it, then buy his book or set up an appointment with him to be able to find out some of these fantastic tools and, and opportunities that he's sharing with us so that we can help have that loving relationship. Because I tell you, my life is so much better with love in it. Yes, it is. And I call them love map sessions, and I'll find out what's mis- what the feelings are missing that are probably missing for- that are stopping you in love. And, and, and it is true. My tagline is now everybody deserves a love that lasts. It's mm-hmm. about deserving, and it's yours. And we just got to put that system on your feeling, into your heart and in your brain and your body. And I want to thank you for, for the beautiful spirit that you brought to these Actually, two goals blended into one. <laughs> <laughs> segment one and segment two. Yes. Thank you yes. so much for um, letting us redo it so that we had the quality. I wanted to make sure that the quality is there so that people can hear what you have to say because that's important. Um, and I wanted to make sure that you got your, you know, your book and your opportunity to be able to get out there to people. I'm, I'm excited for people to read it. I'm excited to read it because I want to make sure that I'm keeping a relationship Healthy, welcome, worthy, cherished, and protected. It's, it's welcomed, worthy, cherished, and actually empowered. Empowered. Yes, empowered. Yeah, cherished and protected. It's welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, and empowered with choice. You want to be empowered, don't you, Bonnie? Oh, absolutely. That's <laughs> way better. Protected almost is kind of, it's yeah. good. I like protected, but empowered is even better. It's a, it, it says a healthier relationship in that. Yeah, I did that because so, if you cherish someone, you're going to naturally protect them. Yeah, so perfect. Four feelings are welcomed, worthy, cherished, and empowered. We want to have choice. It's a good yeah. thing. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, you know, I'm so glad we met a few months ago, and you're doing wonderful things. And the beauty inside and out is certainly something you do very well. Yep, and I, I hear that in you. you got to have that beauty on the inside in order to reflect it on the outside, and that's, that's how we connect with love. All right, you guys, next month we are going into May, and guess what? May is all about beauty on the outside, and beauty on the outside means that we're going to be talking with lots of hairdressers, makeup artists, all of those things that are going to make us look pretty and feel good about ourselves, so maybe then we can find love as well. So join me next week, um, and every Thursday at 5 p.m. And uh, tag, tag me on uh, any of my social media pages, Beauty Inside and Out Show. We've got lots more information to share with you on there. We like to keep the show going even after the show ends. And of course, always remember to be you and beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.